0: where our Christianity begins and ends. Uh, You know what? Jesus didn't die on the cross for us to make it to a building once a week. Right? I look at church like a filling station. How long do you stay at the filling station? You stay long enough to fill up. And then you're out of there. You can't wait to get out of there. You don't like the smell of that gas. People are behind you. You got things to go, places to, to do, places to go. So a filling station is a means to an end. That's what church is. Church is not where we come and stay all week long. It's the filling station. We're to get filled up and then go where we need to go and do what we need to do. Amen. God wants us taking our faith out there. I mean, Christianity is exportable. It is not supposed to be me, myself, and I, and I got saved just for me, and it's all about me. It'll always be all about me, and my Godhead is me, myself, and I. But it's supposed to be something that we're we're contagious. Amen? We're contagious. Everybody say, I'm contagious. If we learn that somebody had the flu, we avoid them. God bless you. I love you from a distance. Because why? They might be contagious. But on the flip side, the good side The Lord wants our walk with him to be so good that it's catching, it's contagious. We're exporting it. We're sharing it. We have a treasure in these earthen clay vessels, and it's supposed to be given out. So I'm going to talk to you today about, I'm just going to call it God moments, and I'm going to show you what I mean by God moment in just a moment. But let's read Acts chapter 8, verse 4. And we're stepping right into the middle of an incredible revival happening in Samaria. Philip, one of the first seven deacons in the early church, has been dispersed because of persecution. He's been driven out of Jerusalem because of persecution. So he ends up going to Samaria. And in Samaria, he decides to preach Jesus to share his faith, to not keep it to himself. Please keep in mind, he's not an apostle. He's not an elder. He is a deacon. And he starts preaching, and I mean a devil-stomping, Christ-glorifying, Holy Ghost revival breaks loose in Samaria. And right in the middle of it, right in the middle of it, the Spirit speaks to him, and that's where we're picking it up. The Spirit said to Philip, um, approach that chariot and stay near it. Now, right before this, an angel has appeared to him and said, Philip, I want you to leave Samaria and go into the desert. Just start walking in the desert. And so he obeys. I don't know about you, but if I'm in the middle of a revival and God says, I want you to leave and just start walking in the desert, and I'm not telling you why, I'm not liking that. But as he starts walking in the desert, look what happens. The Spirit said to Philip, Approach that chariot. He sees a chariot. He sees a chariot, and the Spirit says, approach it. And then the Spirit said, having approached it, stay near it. So he went towards the chariot out there in the desert, outside of Samaria, and he heard a man reading from Isaiah the prophet. Well, Philip walked up, said, do you understand what you're reading? I guess the man was reading out loud. And the man answered, how can I understand? I need somebody to explain it to me. Then he invited, that's like red meat to a preacher, by the way. (laughs) Then he invited Philip to climb in and sit with him. And the part of the scriptures that he was reading was this. Can you believe this? I mean, you talk about timing. When Philip walked out, walked up to the chariot, led by the Holy Ghost, here's what the man was reading. He was like a sheep being led to the slaughter. He was like a lamb that makes no sound as its wool is being cut off. The official said to Philip, please tell me, who is the prophet talking about? Is he talking about himself, or is he talking about someone else? More red meat. Then began Philip to speak. He started with this same scripture and told the man, what did he tell him? The good, read it with me, the good news about Jesus. Amen. Father, Thank you for your word today. In this sanctuary, Lord, is incredible potential to shake this city. And, Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name that, Lord, you will speak to us, change us, rearrange us, renovate us, renew our minds. Help us to understand what your calling on us is. Help us to shine and reach people. I pray in Jesus' name, give us God moments In his mighty name, I pray. Now, I want you to pray a prayer and say, Lord, speak to me today. Speak to my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's going to be good. Perk up and listen. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you about what I just want to call God moments. God moments. What is a God moment? Listen carefully what a God moment is because you're going to have some. I've had some lately, and you're going to have some. Here's a God moment. A God moment is when the Holy Spirit interrupts us in the normal course of our everyday, everyday to reach out and minister to somebody about Jesus. A God moment is a divine interruption in our everyday, everyday to reach out and minister to somebody in Jesus' name. How many of you are thankful that somebody yielded to a God moment and talked to you? Because somebody somewhere along the way heard the Lord say, talk to them about me. And they talked to you about the Lord. And because they obeyed, you got saved. They had a God moment. And the God moment turned into a a release of God's power. And you were saved. Now, the Bible says that we're debtors to God. God. That as he saved us, we ought to also be ministering to others that they might be saved. And what I want us to understand today is that God wants us to be contagious. Listen, I've realized our nation that is in great big trouble is never going to be reached if all we ever do is have Christianity in the four walls of a church building on a Sunday morning. It's not going to happen. Our our nation is never going to be transformed. It's never going to be touched. It's never really going to be affected or impacted. Now, have you noticed... That those who are not Christian, who are actually even promoting sinful lifestyles and activity, they're not staying in the four walls of a building. They're getting out there in the highways and the hedges, and they're preaching their lifestyle. They're preaching what the Bible would advise against. And they're very bold about it. And then here sits the church, we're in our four walls. And we're going to sit here and joy pop on Jesus until he comes back. But I want you to know that God wants us to take it out. Can, we, can you say it with me, take it out? Oh, we got to take it out. We got to take it out of these four walls. And so here's our filling station. We're getting filled up today. So as soon as we're released out those doors, we ought to be talking to waitresses. We ought to be talking to people wherever we end up and land today. We ought to be ready to share Jesus because God will give us a God moment where we will sense a nudge from the Holy Spirit saying, speak, reach, touch. And that's what I want you to see that Philip did. A God moment is what happened to Philip in the text we read. He's preaching a red hot revival. It's shaking an entire city. And yet an angel appears to him and says, right in the middle of it, says, Philip, I want you to go out. I want you to walk into the desert. Because I'm going to take you to a man you don't know anything about. But I'm looking at him. I'm watching him. He's a lonely man. Oh, he's got power. Matter of fact, we're going to find out. He was an Ethiopian eunuch. And he had great authority as a representative of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. He was a man of wealth. He was a man of influence. He was a man of power. He was a man of favor. But this man had a hole in his soul, he had an emptiness in his heart, and it was bothering him. So he's opening up the Bible. The Old Testament, they didn't have any New Testament, but he's opening up the Old Testament and he's reading Isaiah 53, all about the suffering Messiah. With his stripes, you were healed. There's no beauty about him that we would desire him. He's rejected and despised of men, he's a man of grief. And Isaiah is describing the coming suffering Messiah. And he's reading it and he can't understand it. He doesn't know who it's about. He's all alone there in the desert. A lonely man on a lonely road in a lonely desert. God sees him and God considers him important enough. Then he interrupts one of his children in the middle of a red-hot revival and says, leave this, because they've heard. He hasn't heard. I want you to go. I will lead you to one man. One man is important enough to me to interrupt your day. Yeah. (laughs) Philip's sitting here watching demons come out and people being healed and the whole city being saved, the whole city repenting, and yet he obeyed God. He obeyed God and i want to tell you in the natural it was inconvenient in the natural it was a hassle just like it is sometimes when you and i are all involved in our workaday world and we're busy and if god were to nudge us and say hey come out of yourself for a minute and i want you to talk to that person say lord i'm busy you know you know i was thinking about the parable of the sower parable of the sower there's four kinds of ground and there's there's the the seed that was sown by the wayside There's the seed sown on stony ground, there's the seed uh, sown among thorns, and there's the seed sown on good ground. Well, the seed sown among thorns was choked out so that it wasn't fruitful, and Jesus said the thorns are the cares of this life. The cares and the worries of this life choked the word in that person so that they became unfruitful. And I think sometimes we're so busy with life, we can't sense the nudge of the Holy Spirit saying, walk away and go into the desert, go into a lonely place, find this person I want you to reach, and tell them about me. Come on, everybody. He, he's, he's reading, he, he, and, and God sees him. This, this, this eunuch is not saved. He didn't know anything about Jesus. He's been in Jerusalem worshiping with the the only knowledge that he had. But it's incomplete. He doesn't know Messiah. And so he's in this chariot, and it's a nice chariot. It's a Mercedes. He's got money. He's got authority. He's representing the queen. He's in a nice ride, but he's lonely. And our world is full of people in Mercedes that are lonely They've got that Mercedes. They've got the satin sheets, but they can't sleep in them at night. They're tossing and turning and wondering, who is God? What am I going to do? What's going to happen when I die? Why don't I have any peace? Why don't I have the deepest questions about life answered for me? I need answers. I need something. I just don't know what it is. And what they don't know is there's a God-shaped hole in every soul. There is an itch that only God can scratch. So here's Philip. An angel comes, says, leave and go into the desert. And then the Holy Spirit says to him, when he sees this chariot, he says, and I want you to go up. Now I want you to watch carefully what he says to him. He says, approach the chariot, stay near the chariot. And then he, when he got near, he listened to the man. And then forth he spoke. Now that's a witnessing pattern. That's how you share Jesus with people. I want you to say with me, approach, linger, listen, then speak. See, this is what happened. He, 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 the Holy Spirit said, now I just want you to, to approach the chariot. That's like the Holy Spirit saying to you and me, I want you to approach that person. Approach the chariot. So he approached the chariot. Then the Holy Ghost said, now, I want you to, to stay near. I don't want you to walk away. Having approached, I want you to stay near. I want you to stay with it. I want you to linger. I want you to give this man time. And then he said, now, listen to him before you say anything to him. Listen to him. Oh, th- this is wisdom, folks. This is wisdom. Do you, do you know how often, and I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit, but you know how often we start preaching before we listen? And so he listened. And what does he hear? He hears confusion in this man's life. He hears his heart. He says, man, I wish I understood what this was about. Who's God? Who's the real Messiah? Who is he talking about? I don't understand. I'm confused in life. He approached. He lingered. He listened. He spoke. Can we say it again? Approach. Linger. Listen. Listen speak because that's how a God moment is set up. See, he's setting up a God moment. God's wanting to do something in this man's life, powerful, supernatural. He's wanting to change his life. And so he says, Philip, here's here's how I want to set it up. You approach him and then you linger long enough to listen to him. And having listened to him, then I want you to answer his questions. And I'm going to give you a God moment. Oh, did he have a God moment? I'm going to tell you about it in a minute. The Bible says, Philip flexed with the leadership of God. Oh, folks, listen, so many Christians are rigid, and they can't flow with the Holy Spirit. If he tells them to do something different from what they're used to, they fall apart. No, God doesn't do that. Listen, you can't put the leadership of God in a box. Somebody said, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. It's really true when it comes to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Blessed are the flexible. They shall not be bent out of shape. Because we might think God's going to do this, and then he decides to do that. We've got to be willing to flow and go with him as the Spirit of God leads. Because we're not committed to a rigid set of rules and regulations. We're walking with a living person inside of us who leads us and guides us. So blessed are the flexible. They will not be bent out. They will not have a nervous breakdown. Breakdown. Amen, and because of the flexible obedience that Philip exercised, this man was saved, and he immediately wanted to be baptized in water and Philip took him and baptized him in water. Now let me show you how God rewards the obedient when Philip when he came up out of that water, Philip brought him up out of the water I've baptized hundreds of people. Let me tell you this would this would shake my world. He brings him up out of the water. And suddenly, the Spirit of God catches Philip up. The same Greek word used in Thessalonians to describe the catching up of the saints of the rapture is used that Philip was caught away. And he comes to, in another town, preaching the gospel. Oh, my. Come on, everybody. I mean, he's... he's you know, he brings him up. You, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Down he goes. And when he brought him up, Philip was gone. And Philip came to in another town preaching the gospel. Now, now that's a reward for obedience. Amen? And what that is, is that's a, that's a, a little bit of a, uh, a show and tell of how the, the rapture will be. Because Philip was here, then he was there. In an instant. In a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. Amen. Historians tell us this is so powerful. This man was saved. Historians tell us this Ethiopian eunuch went back to North Africa where he was from. Probably the first black man saved. I can't call him African American because there was no America. But he was an Ethiopian and he was saved. And he went back to North Africa. And and history tells us that when he got back, he preached that Jesus, the Son of God, had appeared in the flesh, was crucified and rose from the dead, just like the prophets had predicted. And his influence for Christ was spectacular. As a matter of fact, history goes on to tell us that one of the greatest groups of churches in early church history was located not in Europe, not in Asia, not even in Jerusalem where the Holy Ghost fell, but in North Africa where this man went back and shared Jesus Christ. Come on, everybody. Amen. So you see how obedience gave, gave Philip a God moment. That's a God moment when he, he, he obeyed God and God gave him a God moment to share Jesus with a man who was going to shake Africa. Africa. So by obeying the guidance of the Holy Spirit, that prompting, that nudge, that open door that God gives us to share with others, then who knows what kind of a God moment is going to result of it from it because anytime God opens up a door for a God moment, then God takes advantage of moments and, and the supernatural is released. And I don't know about you, but I want to see the supernatural released, not just in these four walls, but out there, out there out there out there the early church was all about going out there they weren't in a building they were out there now let me talk to you about the god moments the lord wants to bring about in your life and mine a god moment is an interruption of the holy spirit in our normal everyday walk walk around walk about life where he interrupts us and says do this say that go here go there And when we obey, it releases the supernatural. It may happen right on the spot, it may happen later, but you you never obey God in a God moment in vain. So, the first thing, I want you to understand that God desires all believers to experience God moments regularly. Can I say that? That's normal Christianity. Now we call somebody saying, "Well, you know, I was out there, and the Lord told me to share Jesus, and I shared Jesus, and wow, a bunch of people got saved." And 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 we go, "Wow, that's really unusual. It ought to be normal Christianity." See, we have so dumbed Christianity down that we call abnormal normal, and we call normal unusual. But we ought to be looking at at, at Christianity. It's normal. For you and I to have God moments that when we obey God in the God moment, that God nudge, that God leading, that God is released and the supernatural is released out there. The same Holy Spirit that was in Philip came to live in you and me when we got saved. And he's looking for vessels, just like he was looking for one in Philip's day. He's looking for vessels to use and reaching out to others because reaching out to others is always on his mind. And I can't tell you the blessings we're missing when we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to use us. See, the, see, when the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you and me, we called Jesus the hound of heaven We call Jesus the hunter of souls, the hunter of souls, the hound of heaven, the one who went about everywhere doing good, healing everybody who was oppressed by the devil. That Jesus was always touching other people. That Jesus is now inside of us, God the Holy Spirit. And he wants to do the same thing he did when he was on earth, go about everywhere doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. But he needs people with skin on them. Yeah. Think with me for a minute. The Holy Spirit saw what Philip could never have seen. A lone, lonely man riding through the lonely desert searching for God. Philip didn't have any idea about him until he obeyed God and went into the desert. And the Holy Spirit said, join yourself to that chariot and stay near it and listen to him and then talk to him. The world, folks is filled with lone, lonely people walking through the lonely desert of life looking for answers, and Jesus sees all of them. The Spirit of God is no different now. I believe we pray every day. Now, Lord, I'm going out and I'm going to work. I'm, I'm going out into the world. I'm going out my door. Now, today, Lord, the Holy Spirit is in me. Now, today, help me to be sensitive to his voice, sensitive to his nudge, Sensitive to his prompting and, and and help me to hear you don 't let me be deaf, dull of hearing, but but help me to be sensitive. Last week, I was at a restaurant, and I was there with another brother and and we had just sat down, and the waitress came up and it seemed like I looked at her and i could and i don 't mean anything by this I seriously don 't, but you could tell life had been hard on this woman. She looked down. She looked beat up by life. And so I just started talking to her. Before she took the order, I just started talking to her. How long you been here? Start asking her some questions. And before I know it, I'm sharing with her that I'm a pastor. I asked her if she knows Jesus. Does she go to church? No, I can't go to church. I've got a mentally ill daughter. I have to work seven days a week to take care of her. I I have no life. It's all about her. And I'm listening to her. And I'm reaching out to her. And I'm letting her share her heart. And, and, And I think of this man. She's just like him. She's going down the lonely road of life with no answers. Just trying to get by day by day. And when I started telling her about Jesus and witnessing to her, her eyes lit up some. She smiled. I could tell it made a difference. And I'm just trying to tell you, everywhere you go, there's lonely people on the lonely road of life who just want somebody. You say, well, what if they don't receive? Well, what if they don't receive? You'll live. What if they, all they can say is no? If they say no, oh, well. Listen to this verse about you and me. It says, you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out. Now listen to this. Who are you? God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. Notice what it doesn't say, that you have to be a theologian, that you have to be highly educated, that you have to be smooth and slick, that you have to have personal charisma, that you have to have all kinds of personal appeal. No, all it requires is that you and I have a testimony. What's a testimony? It's somebody who experienced something in their life that they can relay to somebody else. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Come on, everybody. A testimony. That's it. Just a simple testimony. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their... And and listen, Peter's telling us what our calling is as Christians. Not Jeff's calling as, as a pastor. Your calling. You are God's instrument to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Wow. That's our calling as Christians. So let me just talk to you very briefly and quickly about approach, linger, listen, and speak. He said approach. Holy Spirit said approach the chariot. Just approach it. Now, I take that to be, when I read the story, he, just, he, he struck up a conversation. What are you reading? What, what is that you're reading? Well, I'm reading something out of Isaiah here. I'm reading about some guy. I wish I knew who he was talking about. And they started a conversation. That's one of the best ways to reach somebody. Begin with a simple conversation. What do you do? Where do you work? Like I did with the, the, the waitress. How long have you been working here? Did, did you watch the last Cowboys game? Which is not necessarily a great opening to witness anymore. No, I'm just, I'm throwing that out. That might shut them down. So you might want to try something else. But here's the deal. The Bible says it was this kind of approach that opened the door for further talk. Because when he said, what are you you reading? And they began to converse. It says, then he invited Philip to climb in and sit with him. So just conversing opened the door to more conversing. Amen? Amen? Then the Holy Spirit said to him, once you approach, I want you to stay. Spend some time with him. Don't rush off. Linger with him. He's worth your time. To to reach somebody, sometimes you've got to invest time. You say, well, I don't have much time. Yeah, you do. Because the son of God's time was more important than any person's time in the history of the world. And don't you remember the day he sat down at the well and the woman at the well came up to him and he spent a couple of hours of his precious time conversing with her about all kinds of things, worshiping of of God, what the Messiah was going to look like, who she was married to or not. He approached her, led her into conversation, stayed with her for a period of time. And and if Jesus could give time to somebody lost, we can give time to somebody, not just lost, but a backslider or somebody hurting, somebody in need. We got to come out of ourselves And realize it's not all about us. It's about others. I said, it's about others. And then I think this is one of the most important. He said, listen. Listen to him. Philip listened to him. He didn't jump right in and start preaching to him. He listened to him. And the big mistake a lot of well-meaning Christians make is they get with somebody who needs the Lord. And they immediately start preaching without ever listening to them, and and they lose them. You know, turn or burn. (laughs) Go to hell if you want to. And, And the person immediately shuts down. But here's what won't shut them down. Tell me about you. Talk to me about you. This man... When when, when Philip walked up to him, this man was a confused man, a frustrated man. He had the world by the tail, but then again, he was really losing because he didn't know the Lord and he wanted to. He had that God-shaped hole. He had that itch that nothing can scratch but God himself. And, And so even though he had it all, he didn't have anything when it came to God. So Philip just listened. Who is this man I'm reading about? I'm confused theologically. I'm confused about the Messiah. Who is he? And Philip just listened. Paul said, whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him so that he will let me. Do you hear those words? So he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. What opens up the door for letting us talk to them when we find common ground, when we listen, when we converse? Amen. Amen. This eunuch was saying to him, I'm so confused. What's the answer? Please explain to me who Isaiah is talking about. I'm so confused. Do you know the answer? It's in the listening. You usually find the best way to bring up the gospel. Then and only then did Philip speak. And it says he told him the good news about Jesus Christ. So the whole God moment began Approach, linger, listen, then speak. And pow, a man that would shake a continent was saved. Wow. Can we stand up today? Say with me, a God moment turns into a God explosion when I obey the Lord. Now, you know people I don't know, and I know people you don't know. We, we have different worlds, different clusters of people that we communicate with all the time. Um, I can't tell you how often. There's something about Cracker Barrel for me. Yes. Cracker Barrel, I go in there and I leave church, we often go to Cracker Barrel and I go in there and i I have preached three services, I'm in I'm in the zone and I go in there and all the time I end up talking to somebody about the Lord and, and, and nobody has ever cut me off told me to shut up no it's always opened a door it, it's always it's always become something so in East Texas terminology, you're loaded for bear. You have the Holy Ghost inside of you. You have a treasure in you wanting to get out. And so you hear that little nudge approach, draw near, linger, listen, speak. Father, we just thank you today. Of God. Lord, you're on this congregation of people. They're your people. Chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, called out people to show forth the praises of you who called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Lord, most everybody in here has a testimony. Help us to share it and be aware. Can we lift your hands to the Lord and just pray with me today and say, Lord, this week, Make me sensitive to that nudge, that prompting of the Holy Spirit. When I feel it in my heart to approach, to listen, to draw near, and then to speak, help me to obey and experience a God moment this week. In Jesus' name, give the Lord a hand of praise today. Amen.